Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, one and all. This is Robert Rogers, and you have just connected to the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network. Parkinson's Recovery is dedicated to providing information, support, and resources to anyone who currently experiences the symptoms associated with the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease and their family members. I want to tell you all that today we are delivering on our promise to provide exciting and revolutionary news about what is helping individuals reverse the symptoms associated with Parkinson's disease. Dr. Richard Brown has been doing research on what really makes a difference to people who have neurological challenges for 30 years, and he will be sharing with you and I today everything that he has discovered that makes a true and genuine difference. Hang on to your seats because what you're about to hear is something that you do not hear from other sources, something that is well-researched, well-documented from a medical doctor, associate professor at Columbia University, who really has made some revolutionary discoveries about some of the types of decisions and actions you can take that will make a remarkable difference in your life and the life of your family. I'm your host, Robert Rogers, and as I see, say, hang on to your seats. I'm your host, Robert Rogers, from Parkinson's Recovery. <clears throat> My guest today is Dr. Richard P. Brown, who is Associate Professor in Clinical Psychiatry at Columbia University Medical Center, and as well as his wife, Dr. Patricia Gerbarg, Assistant Professor of Clinical Psychology at New York Medical College, combine their expertise and knowledge and their 25 years of clinical experience to develop unique treatments that are safe and effective for a range of disorders, from common everyday stress to conditions just like Parkinson's. Dr. Brown, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's great to be with you. Tell everybody just a little bit about yourself. Well, I certainly started out as, as a psychiatrist in, in my medical career, uh, but my father's father was from the hills of Kentucky and was a master healer with mushrooms. And I saw him healing people with mushrooms as a small boy. So I early on had this idea there was a... a a very ancient way of healing that was different from the way we're used to now with pills that come in bottles. And my sister lived in Wyoming for many years, and I had the, the privilege of spending some time with uh, healers on the reservation and seeing them use very different ways of healing. And then one of my teachers in martial arts, because I started doing J Japanese martial arts when I was 12, and I'm 60 now, and I still train with a very amazing Japanese Aikido master in New York City, uh, I saw different healers uh, healing things in very different ways from how modern American doctors do. So um, after I'd left medical school and done my residency in psychiatry and trained, uh, by I'd say the early 1990s, after about 10 years, I felt that although all the modern medicines we had were wonderful, that they didn't do as many things as we would have hoped for, and that 
kind of using some ancient ways of healing, as well as new ways of healing that were innovative, we could help people with a variety of conditions and their families have a better quality of life. And I began to find that uh, patients would approach me about trying new things out. And with the Internet, consumers were becoming much more knowledgeable about what was out there and sometimes more knowledgeable than their doctors uh, about new treatments and things like that. Uh, Early in the 90s, uh, a medication available in many countries around the world that was first developed in Italy in the 70s called SAMe, which is an abbreviation for S-adenosylmethionine. Some patients came to me asking me to treat their depression with it, and I'd known about research done on it by experts in the U.S. for depression, and many of them dramatically improved with far less side effects. And I became quite expert in using SAMe, and then after several years, some famous neurologists who were experts in Parkinson's and other movement disorders heard that I was using it, and they came to me and they said, we're doing research on SAMe. It's amazing in many ways for Parkinson's, but we don't really know how to use it, and we hear you do, and can you work with us? And that started a collaboration that continues. And and my interest in, in Parkinson's, among many other illnesses, uh, so I've seen many patients with Parkinson's and had the privilege also of having uh, one family that had a patient uh, that I saw who was quite ill with Parkinson's and not doing well and had been seen by many experts. And they had me and several other expert neurologists come and spend time with him and see what his life was like uh, in place he where he had places to live in different countries. And I learned so much more about Parkinson's, spending time with the patient and the family and seeing what happened to him at different times of the day in relation to his medicines. And, uh, you know, I find that most doctors spend so little time with their patients these days, they don't understand what it's like. Uh, And then different Parkinson's support groups began to ask me to come and lecture about, you know, other ways of helping their family members. And uh, it's been very rewarding for me and I believe for them too. Your website has a very memorable name, www.haveahealthymind.com. On your website, you mentioned that what you do basically is complementary and or integrative medicine. What is that? (laughs) Well, I would say complementary means treatments that most conventional medical doctors are not familiar with. Uh, And sometimes that means it's something that has been around for a thousand or more years and they just aren't taught about it in medical school. You know, when I was in medical school, uh, one of my professors, and this was in the early 70s, one of my professors said, you know, you boys think that everybody has to be cured. You know, when I was training, there were no cures at all. All we did was help people be on their journey and, and... do better with it because we were a companion and a friend helping them. And he said, you have this idea, you have to cure everything, but, you know, we still don't cure a lot. (laughs) And you can't forget that part of healing. And he said the original meaning of the word doctor was to teach people. And doctors used to teach people how to live 
in a better way because a thousand years ago they didn't have many cures either. Uh, so, you know, I never forgot that, and I think it's still really important for younger doctors to be aware of. Yeah. So complementary means things that they're not familiar with. Now, sometimes it means things that have been developed in other countries that are not yet here. And so it's amazing how many people in the United States, including doctors, don't realize many of the most innovative treatments have been developed in other countries and only came here after quite a while. And those things can be extremely valuable, too. I find that many people are provincial everywhere, that if it's not invented there, they're kind of reluctant to try it. But some of the best things were developed in other places, and it's a global world now. It should be easier. I mean, we eat Italian food, we eat Chinese food, and other kinds of food. My feeling is we need to examine things that have been developed in other countries. And it means also people need to work on their lifestyle. So with all the patients I see with Parkinson's, how they use their energy and how they use their attention and the rest they have becomes very important for having the best quality of life. And I think that's a crucial part of discussing their whole treatment, that it's not just a matter of being given a pill. The pills are very important, okay? And taking them at the right time in the right way is very important, but how you integrate it with the rest of your life is so important. And that's, that's why we now call it integrated, because some doctors and patients think that complementary or alternative means it's opposing. And my feeling is these things aren't opposing. They enhance each other. They work better together. What complementary alternative modalities may be helpful in Parkinson's recovery? Well, I think there are a number of things that, that I think are really good. And it's first important to kind of step back and look at what really troubles consumers who have symptoms of Parkinson's. Uh, a lot of doctors don't realize if you do careful studies, about 80% of patients with Parkinson's suffer from symptoms of depression. And even more than that, have symptoms of anxiety and sometimes obsessive-compulsive symptoms. Most patients with Parkinson's have trouble sleeping. For many of their family members, what is most difficult for them is the person is often kind of more apathetic and withdrawn and doesn't engage with them and the world as much as they did before the Parkinson's began. And also often because the face isn't as expressive in movement, people think they're not understanding or responding to things emotionally when they are. And so I, I find helping people with these things, it's also important to understand the underlying chemistry as much as we know. And one crucial thing is that the cells of somebody with Parkinson's, it looks like are producing maybe only 30% of the energy that they used to. And that's really important because, in a sense, most of the things that I recommend people do improve the energy of their cells and their whole mind-body-spirit complex. Energy is the key to life, whether you have Parkinson's or not. And what happens as we get older is our energy runs down and our cells' capacity to produce energy runs down. And we need to counteract that to live the best. So... 
Part of it is knowing that you need to do things that increase the high-energy molecules in your cells and the production of high-energy molecules, knowing that you have an energy drive system that's part of your stress response system. That's, in part, what dopamine does. So a lot of people with Parkinson's know that dopamine is a very important transmitter involved in their, in their symptoms. But it's important to know dopamine is important for your mental focus and your attention. It's important for your enthusiasm and your ability to do things, for your ability to enjoy pleasure and be optimistic about the future and getting things that will make you feel good. Uh, so all the stuff I think of needs to have that kind of context. So one of the things uh, that is frequently helpful that I still do research uh, with, in fact, one of my colleagues at uh, New York University is, is a wonderful neurologist. His name is uh, Alex DiRocco, and he's a movement disorder expert. He's a wonderful doctor and neurologist. And, for example, one of the studies I, I helped consult on in the last few years was a study where patients with Parkinson's were randomized to take uh, SAMI or a serotonin reuptake inhibitor in addition to their Parkinson's medication to help them with anxiety and depression. And we've done previous work and published papers on that, but this was the best done study so far. And, you know, we see really good improvements in patients in their mood, in their energy. The SAMI really helps the dopamine system a lot and helps nerve cell membranes even more than just the dopamine nerves. Uh, so patients had better mood, and they didn't have the kind of side effects that they had with the serotonin reuptake inhibitor. And I see with a lot of patients that the SAMe, the S-adenosylmethionine, is quite helpful. And, and it's important because when I first came out with a book about SAMe around 1999, another book had just come out on it, written by someone who was not knowledgeable and not involved with Parkinson's research. There was a research group that only worked in animal models of Parkinson's. So they would damage the animal's brain to create Parkinson's symptoms and then try different treatments out on them. And they, they injected an intravenous solution of SAMe into their basal ganglia to see if it would help. And the, the rats got worse. And that paper was published, and the abstract read that uh, SAMI makes Parkinson's worse. And that's made many consumers for years afraid to give their relative Parkin uh, with Parkinson's the SAMI. But the fact is, is that intravenous solution of SAMI is very acidic and very toxic to any cell you would inject it into. But the research group did not know that. And no, no one who's an expert in Parkinson's and knows anything about SAMI would ever inject SAMI into anybody's brain. Uh, you take it as a pill and your liver prepares it and sends it out to all the cells of your body because it's crucial for 200 different reactions. It's actually essential to every, almost every living thing, all, almost all plants and animals. SAMI is the most important molecule in the body after adenosine triphosphate, the most basic molecule that's the foundation of life. Uh, so what we've shown in several papers, and we've treated hundreds of patients ourselves, is that the SAMI is extremely good in Parkinson's. And in cell culture, if you take a dopamine nerve and you grow it in cell culture, if you give it levodopa, 
it does well for a while, and then it kind of wears it out and ages it faster. And that's what happens in Parkinson's often, typically, is that after about five to eight years, they stop responding to their levodopa, which is a wonderful medicine. And it looks like they kind of start wearing off and they don't respond to the levodopa anymore. But in cell culture, it was observed that when you add the SAMI, the nerve keeps working and responding well to the levodopa. And that's what we started to find with patients. And then that's what some of these recent studies are about, is, is showing that further, because most neurologists don't know anything about this. Uh, so I think SAMI is one thing that uh, patients may want and families may want to bring to the attention of their doctor and know about some of the research on it that's going on. So we see improvements in anxiety and depression and energy. And a lot of times, uh, well, when, I'll give you an example. When we published our first paper, uh, we had a number of patients who had stopped responding to their medication, and we put them on SAMI, and they did dramatically better. And one of them was this patient who uh, had been a very successful executive and businessman. And then got so bad from the Parkinson's, his family was told that he had dementia and he would die within six weeks and that none of the Parkinson's medications were going to work anymore. And he was being seen by very famous neurologists. So I was called in and I asked Dr. DeRocco also to come in and uh, we treated him with Sammy and he got dramatically better. He went back to work. His balance improved. He was no longer psychotic or demented <laughs> and he needed a fraction of his levodopa. And... Um, the family actually brought in some other famous neurologists to make sure everything was being done right. And one of them was not only a wonderful and famous neurologist, but he was the editor of a journal. So we submitted a paper to his journal, an excellent journal on Parkinson's. And the first reviewers read the paper and they said, and you'll understand this, Dr. Rogers, as a researcher, they said, we cannot believe this data. These people must be being paid by a drug company. <laughs> And they falsified their data. Oh no! And we, you know, I've never, I've, I've had many papers published. It was the first time anybody had accused me of lying about data and anything like that. So the editor was this doctor who had seen this patient himself recover dramatically from being at death's door and get so much better on Sammy. So he said, well, he wrote us back a letter. He said, I'm going to send it to two more reviewers. So he sends it out to two more reviewers. They write back, they say, we cannot believe these data, this is impossible, oh, no. and these doctors are lying, and they're obviously being paid by somebody, and they're, t they're not telling you they're being paid. And, of course, we, we were doing this to help patients. And the editor wrote back to us, and he said, I've never had to do this as an editor, but I've seen the evidence with my own eyes, and I'm going to publish your paper. Oh, hooray! Yeah. And then <laughs> That's that was amazing. Around 2000, 2002, I don't even remember now. And so, you know, we've continued to do that work. Uh, and it was my first experience with doctors being so hostile to new things because I grew up moving around the world. My father was in the Army, and I would see people doing things in a very different way <laughs> than I was used to at home and learning, wow, you can learn a lot from other people. Uh, anyway, uh, the next thing that I got interested in was uh, I saw several patients get better taking a supplement that contained an herb called rhodiola rosea. And the first three of them, I, when they told me they were starting on it, I was very skeptical, but I didn't discourage them. And they all got much better with a variety of problems that included fatigue. And one of the biggest symptoms that's troubling for patients with Parkinson's and family members is fatigue, 
and apathy and not being able to do stuff, not being able to be involved with the family or their work or their hobbies. And these patients got better. And I said to myself, wow, because I had tried them on many kinds of medicines. And I said, I've got to figure out what's going on. And my research led me to a Russian researcher. He was actually from the Republic of Georgia originally. But he did research on this herb, on many things, including this herb for the Russian space program, because space is the most challenging environment human beings have ever gone into. And the Russians quickly realized that. And they had heard that this herb that comes from Mongolia and Siberia and Scandinavia was good for stress. And they found out where it grew, and they began to do studies. And almost all of them were classified uh, for many years. But they also began to do some joint secret research with Swedish researchers who later did their own research and published it. And I met this researcher who had moved to the U.S. about six months earlier. And I called him and I said, I have to learn about this rhodiola rosea. He said, come to my laboratory. And I, I went there and he spent the next 18 hours with me. And then I spent more time with him. And he had many papers from the classified archives gotten out. He had to use bribes to do that. And he had them translated. And I began to treat patients and then began to contact more researchers. And we published our first paper on that in about 2002. And that stimulated a worldwide interest in research on it. And the Russians had found it boosted the high-energy molecules in all the cells of the body, in all mammals, in fact, even down to the snails on the evolutionary scale, and protected them from stress and dramatically reversed fatigue symptoms, helped the brain focus better, and worked on the drive systems and the stress and resilience systems in the brain and the soothing, recharging healing systems in the whole nervous system of the body and um, and was good for Parkinson's, among many things. And so I began to use it for uh, patients with Parkinson's with really good results. And uh, one of our next books was called How to how to use herbs, nutrients, and yoga in mental health care. And we give some, an example of a Parkinson's patient that had been almost literally sitting in a chair all day for five years despite his medication. And within a week of starting on rhodiola, his wife called me and she said, he's up and he's doing things and he's smiling and he's having conversations with me and I can't thank you enough. And I've had many more patients where that's been the case. Uh, and we wrote a book about it. We have another book that just came out that's, that's a textbook. There's a lot in the How to Use Herbs, Nutrients, and Yoga and Mental Health Care with many hundreds of references about rhodiola and Sammy in it. Um, and, and an appendix with the brands that I consider to be good. Because say the other thing about complementary things, the brands become important. Some companies are very careful in the research they do, and some just want to hop on a bandwagon and get a product out there that they may not have tested carefully or developed very carefully and ride on the coattails of the, the companies that have done good research. Um, the other thing is as I started to do this work and began to use alternative things, many patients and doctors came to me to tell me about these things they thought were helpful. And so I've continued to learn from doctors who are colleagues as well as patients and family members 
telling me about things. Uh, something I became involved with because of doing charitable work with military and veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder and traumatic brain injury. Uh, and I also use yoga breathing and meditation to help them as well. But uh, they told me that things that have been helpful for them included cranial electrotherapy stimulator devices. And there are eight stimulator devices in the United States approved by the FDA for the treatment of insomnia, anxiety, and depression, which are three big issues for patients with Parkinson's as well as you know, veterans with brain injury or post-traumatic stress disorder, or we also are involved with programs using breathing and meditation for victims of disasters or, or sexual trauma uh, and so on. And uh, over the last five years, uh, I've used several of the approved cranial stimulators with great results, and one of them recently uh, did a study with a research group showing it was helpful in Parkinson's, which I'd found clinically, so people's walking improves, people's memory and alertness improves, people's sleep typically gets better, their mood gets better, their anxiety is less. Um, so the two stimulators I use most, and as I say, there are eight of them, uh, one is the Fisher-Wallace 100 cranial stimulator and the AlphaStim uh, device also. They're both really good. Uh, and I've had a lot of patients improve that way. And we know at the end of 20 minutes that in humans' cerebrospinal fluid that you have a 300% increase in serotonin. You have a several hundred percent increase in beta endorphins, which are important for bliss and uh, happiness and also a lot of things healing in the body and also improvements in GABA and dopamine as well. So these things are all relevant to Parkinson's as well as other conditions. Uh, so I, I often recommend that people with Parkinson's use a stimulator. And part of what happens is that people use up their dopamine faster. We know that people with Parkinson's in their cerebrospinal fluid, they're not only very low in SAMI levels, because SAMI is crucial to everything in our body working right, but they're low in dopamine and the metabolites uh, like that. And from animal models of meditation and an animal being still, whether it's a monkey or a cat, we know that you need to periodically recharge your dopamine nerves. And sitting very quietly and relaxed without movement is one thing that can do that. And breathing and meditation also can do that as well. So I often have people do their cranial stimulator and do breathing or meditation, whichever they like, while they do that. And I try to have them do it like twice a day for 20 minutes because everybody should be recharging their dopamine system. That's one of the functions of sleep when we go to sleep at night. Um, but it's important, especially for somebody with Parkinson's, and I think it's important for other people too, to recharge that. And I think in traditional societies around the world, that's one of the reasons people would pray several times a day. I think prayer is actually really good at recharging your dopamine and giving you enthusiasm and energy and connection with other people to go through the rest of your day. So I, I tell my patients, you need to pace yourself, and you need to have at least two times a day where for 20 minutes you sit and rest 
and I'd rather you do breathing, prayer, or meditation, and or use a cranial stimulator, but if you have a favorite way, if it's sitting in a hot tub, okay, go for it. And I tell them, you need to think in your day, in your week, if you have a burst of activity, it might be a social thing, it might be a lot of errands and stuff out of the house. After that, you need to have a rest period. And if you have a special big day of activity, the next day needs to be a rest day. And don't, I have so many patients who, with Parkinson's who are wonderful doctors, and they're used to kind of going at 100 miles an hour every day of the whole time they're awake. And they, do, they have a hard time adjusting to the Parkinson's and that, no, they can't do that anymore. They're just going to burn their engine out faster. They need to take these rest breaks and recharge their, their drive molecule of dopamine. And, and it's, it's not only a drive action molecule, it's pleasure uh, as well. Um, so I, I do think also what I see with my patients is the ones who do gentle exercise and stretching and relaxation do much better over the long term. Some of them do yoga. Some of them do gentle exercise, and it's important also to do exercise for heart and lungs because what I see is people have Parkinson's many years that they're not breathing as well, and they often get pneumonia, and it, that can be deadly uh, later on. Uh, so making sure people's heart and lung is in good shape with walking or other kind of exercise I think is, is really critical. Um, an exciting thing is, for me also, in traditional Chinese medicine, as well as Ayurvedic medicine, and yoga is a part of that, and I've trained in India and had wonderful Chinese teachers as well, a big part of those ancient traditions is not only movement and breathing and meditation, but movement and meditation that stimulates the spine. It's a very big thing in those ancient cultures. And they didn't have medicines back then. And a fascinating recent research paper came from uh, a very creative guy. He had an animal model, of uh, a rat model of Parkinson's, and he stimulated their spinal cord in a special way, and all their symptoms of Parkinson's went away. Now, again, that shocked Parkinson's neurologists because no one had thought of doing this. But it makes total sense to me from knowing these ancient healing traditions how important stimulating the spine was. They usually didn't use electric current. They did it with movement and actually banging your spine in different ways. Uh, so I'm very excited by this new area of research and looking forward to seeing what people come up with on that uh, over time. Um, I know a lot of consumers take things on their own uh, with Parkinson's, and a big one was there was a study done some years ago on using coenzyme Q10. Uh, and in animal models of aging, coenzyme Q10 delays aging in rats wonderfully well. The problem is it's not easy to translate that kind of pill that you use in a study for rats into doing it for human beings. and so. The data on CoQ10 for humans, I think, is, is really mild or iffy at best. And I've had many patients take CoQ10.
coenzyme Q10, including a form I use for other conditions if I'm using coenzyme Q10, called ubiquinol. But I must say, I have been disappointed by the results. So my feeling is you have to be careful about how many pills you got to take because a lot of people, when, they're, when they have Parkinson's, they're, they end up taking a lot of pills, and you don't want your life to revolve around pills. And I, I, you know, these days, the last couple of years, I kind of, I'm not encouraging people to go on the CoQ10 until we have better research that shows maybe a different form or a different dose uh, that works for it. Because I think you've got to save your pennies and you've got to save your stomach uh, to put in the right pills that really do something that's measurable. Um, another thing that I think is often not known by a lot of uh, consumers or and doctors in America is uh, a professor of biochemistry at the University of Budapest in Hungary uh, around the early 1960s made a medica- medication called selegiline. And uh, when I was doing research on it for depression with a mentor of mine at Cornell in the early 1980s, uh, a famous Parkinson's neurologist at the Mount Sinai School of Medicine uh, in New York City, Dr. Yar, was studying selegiline for Parkinson's. And he found, as had many doctors in Europe, that it was very helpful. And he got it approved by the FDA as an orphan drug for the treatment of Parkinson's. It it never really took off well in the United States, but I've seen wonderful results with patients. And I presented with, with Joe Newell in Europe at meetings on longevity, because in six different animal species, it delays aging and it protects the nerves from deteriorating in the brain and and prevents, in animal models, not only Parkinson's but Alzheimer's disease and improves sexual functioning and mental function in the animals that live longer in, as I say, six different mammal species. Uh, and four well-done studies showed that it delayed the progression of Parkinson's um, and also, there are many studies done on it for Alzheimer's, and in fact, veterinarians use it for dog Alzheimer's all the time for years. Uh, but it never became well known. Now, it was off patent by the time it got released here. So there was no money for a pharmaceutical company to tell doctors about it. Uh, so what happened was the pharmaceutical industry developed another drug similar to it, and it was marketed some years back as Azelect or risagiline, which is used by many neurologists now for Parkinson's, they both bind to the same receptor, and it delays the aging of the brain. So I, I like patients to try either selegiline or azelect, which is the generic name is risagiline, to see if it benefits them. And sometimes I find family members are worried that they might get Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, um, and it's interesting that many people in Europe and some people in the United States take low doses of selegiline. I do. I've been on it for over 10 years uh, because my grandfather had Parkinson's and my mother had some kind of dementia. Uh, I don't know if it was Parkinson's, some variant of Alzheimer's or Parkinson's, uh, but I've been taking a low dose for some years of that. Uh, and we've written about that in some of our books. But there's a good uh, website of a British company, uh, and they have a book by Joe Noel on this whole topic. Uh, that website is antiaging-systems.com. Uh, and I think more consumers should know about 
psilagiline uh, and risagiline both. We'll be right back with Dr. Richard Brown, who will talk about these exciting alternative modalities that are helpful for Parkinson's after this short station break. I am your host, Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery. Since 2004, I have been dedicating all of my focus as a researcher on identifying options that help individuals who currently experience Parkinson's symptoms reverse those symptoms. You can hear many of the exciting suggestions on the archives of my radio shows, which have now aired over the last four years. Many people believe that when they hear a radio show, it is only aired live. Well, I pay quite a bit of money in order to be able to make sure that all of these shows are archived so that you can scroll back on the radio show page year after year, and you can discover some incredible interviews I've had with experts who know what it really takes to reverse Parkinson's symptoms. So take a gander, scroll back on this radio show page, and I and listen to many of the other shows. You can download them, put them on your iPad, and listen as you're actually exercising. Second of all, I do a blog and have entered all sorts of posts over the last six years on the blog. You'll get a wealth of information by visiting that. All of the resources are accessible through the main website, which is parkinsonsrecovery.com. I was requested several years ago to organize all that I have discovered in a book, and so I wrote and have just recently revised Road to Recovery from Parkinson's Disease. That, too, is a resource available to those of you that would like to have all of the information organized, synthesized, and categorized. And now back to this exciting interview with the remarkable Dr. Richard Brown. One of these incredible modalities that you've discussed, Dr. Brown, is SAME, and that's S-A-M-E. Tell people more about the specifics of SAME. Does a person need a prescription from their doctor to be able to get this? Uh, in many countries around the world, they do. In the United States, because it is naturally found in our bodies and it's been around so long, uh, it was released as an over-the-counter supplement. Uh, different from most countries. Um, and I'd say it might possibly become prescription in the next couple years, but it certainly hasn't yet. So it means that brand becomes important and dosing becomes important. One of the things we found was that uh, patients with Parkinson's were so low in SAMI levels in their brain and spinal fluid that when we ended up treating them with SAMI, we had to give much higher doses than we might, for example, give for someone who had a garden-variety depression because SAMI has been used in many studies of, of major depression. Uh, and I'd say also the depression that appears in Parkinson's does not look like most other depressions. Uh, and I think that can be confusing both to family members and to doctors. Uh, but SAMI can be very helpful uh, in terms of helping the Parkinson's as well as depression or anxiety with SAMI. We found that many of our patients needed to use like from 1,600 to over 4,000 milligrams a day. The other thing not well known is that when people take levodopa, it depletes.
depletes the body of SAMe within minutes. And that's not good for all your organs, not just your brain. So one thing I found is that it was good to give the SAMe with their levodopa at the same time. So that meant, you know, a lot of people take their, their levodopa three or four times a day, sometimes more, uh, and that they should ideally do some SAMe with it. So it might be, say, uh, 400 to 800 milligrams of SAMe uh, when they take their levodopa. And most people notice after a week or two that that really can make a difference uh, for them. And there may be a lot more benefits given in, uh, you know, a month or two as well. Uh, and and SAMe is in general very well tolerated. Uh, at those doses, about one out of five people has loose bowels. But since many patients with Parkinson's have constipation, it usually works out at the right balance. Uh, I'd say the biggest concern I have about the SAMI is it is so powerful at stimulating the dopamine system that in someone who has a classic bipolar or manic depressive vulnerability, it can induce a manic episode. So if patients have bipolar vulnerability, I do not recommend they take SAMI. But in general, it's energizing. There, there are studies showing within minutes people's attention is better uh, on careful neuropsychological testing. Uh, so I'd say it's pretty easy to use. Now, getting a good brand, there are more good brands than there used to be. Amazon has a really good price on a couple of good brands. Uh, many pharmacy chains these days have special sales on good brands of SAMe. Uh, you know, a lot of mass market outlets, whether it's Sam's Club or Costco or BJ's in different parts of the U.S., have have good prices on SAMe. Uh, SwansonVitamins.com has has SAMe at a good price as well. Uh, I would say, if if the price of a product is much below all the kind of outlets I just mentioned it's probably not any good. <laughs> it's only so low. It's very hard to make SAMI properly. It's very hard to lower the price to a, after a certain point because it's got to be specially made to absorb in the body and to stay stable over time. That, that was a problem with the early studies in the 80s and, and early 90s is they did not know how to make it properly. So it didn't work well or it just disintegrated before a patient took it out of the bottle. Are there brands that you would recommend? Well, there are certainly brands I think are really good. I think Swanson Vitamin is good. I think Jarrow, uh, J-A-R-R-O-W is good. I think Doctors Best is good. Uh, I think CVS is good. I think Nature Made, M-A-D-E, Nature Made, is really good. Uh, there's quite a there's more good brands than there used to be in the early 90s. Really, Nature Made was the only good brand, uh, but now. You know, there's others, and as I say, Amazon's great. Uh, Swanson Vitamins is a great site too uh, for it, and and a lot of the drugstore chains and mass marketplaces. I know the last I heard at Sam's uh, or Cos- at Costco, Sammy was the most shoplifted item of all their products. <laughs> oh my God! Is that popular? That's <laughs> I mean, really it also happens to be good for joints and cartilage, and it's also really good for the liver too. Uh, 
And also, interestingly, there's research showing if you take even just 400 milligrams of SAMe with 500 milligrams of acetyl L-carnitine and 600 milligrams of N-acetylcysteine, NAC it's often called for short, and you've got good B vitamins as a vitamin and and a good diet, that it really helps age-associated memory problems and can help uh, early and late-stage Alzheimer's uh, do better in terms of cognitive functioning. Uh, and it can help Araceptor, Donepazil, which is a drug used for memory in Parkinson's and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's, work better, actually. So there's very interesting research still going on in relation to SAMI and different neurological disorders. By way of summary, though, you've already mentioned this, to explain to people what exactly SAMI can be used for with regard to alleviating symptoms specific to Parkinson's. I think it can be very good for depression and anxiety. It can help their movement often over time. It can help their mental focus. It can help their energy. You also mentioned rhodiola. Now, is that a particular herb that requires a prescription? Where do people get that? It it does not require a prescription, and uh, there are several good brands. Uh, It's getting very popular. One of the many things the the Russian researchers used it for was for their Olympic athletes. And I've told a number of uh, athletic people around the country, including family members, because I also still help to train martial artists, uh, and so it's becoming popular, uh, especially if you do any high-altitude skiing or triathlon or other stuff or, you know, lacrosse players often find it's extremely good. It really helps recovery uh, during endurance and helps coordination. And um, some good brands which are available uh, online or uh, in health food stores uh, I like uh, the rhodiola that's called Rosavin, R-O-S-A-V-I-N, or Rosavin Plus. And another one is is made by the Swedish Herbal Institute. It's marketed under the names either Energy Care, K-A-R-E, or Arctic Root, R-O-O-T. Uh, those are, in my mind, the best brands of rhodiola. And I know the scientists who produce them and the chemists and the quality control they use. And I know that both those brands have been used in many animal and human studies, and I've taken them both for years. I kind of switch off between them. They, they, they both are good. Uh, and they have so many benefits. And, and we wrote a whole book for the general public called The Rhodiola Revolution. And rhodiola is spelled R-H-O-D-I-O-L-A the rhodiola revolution. But there's a lot in our book, How to Use Herb Nutrients and Yoga, on it. Uh, and our new, the new textbook, The Psychiatric Clinics of North America, March 2013, Dr. Panosian, who's a lead researcher at the Swedish Herbal Institute, uh, was the author of that chapter. It's, it's about rhodiola and some other herbs that make it work better, um, including mention of the, the work with Parkinson's symptoms. And it's really good for mental focus, for energy, for drive and enthusiasm. Uh, It's also good for sexual functioning, uh, in fact, and helps most 
any hormone in the body work better. Uh, two different animal species live longer once they're put on rhodiola. And the research at the Swedish Herbal Institute is showing why that is. It will shut down pathways that get overactivated by stress and activate other calming healing pathways. Um, and again, all these things have to do with the cellular energy. It is increasing the high-energy molecules in the cells of the body. And the rhodiola also protects against many things that damage the DNA. And it's very helpful when patients have cancer and fatigue related to the treatment or, or to the cancer itself. Now, some people, having heard all of this, are going to, in the next minute, get into their cars, go to the health food store, and get some rhodiella. Do you suggest any particular dosage that they take once they get this in their hot hands? Yeah. I think, first of all, when it comes to taking pills, it's important to let your doctor know you're doing it. I I hope most doctors are educated enough that if a patient says to them, I'd like to take this herb rhodiola or I'd like to take this hemi, they don't go, as some doctors have done in the past uh, to patients who've come to see me in New York, they've said, I will not let you take anything like that. If you must take it, I will never see you again. Leave my office now, which I consider amazingly an amazing lack of compassion and, and helpfulness, <laughs> shall we say. And, uh, you know, I think doctors should say, if they don't know, they should say, well, I really don't know if you really want to take it, and you have a source of information that you can trust about it, okay. And some doctors say, you know, I'd like to learn about it. Can you direct me to knowledge about it? And with the Internet these days, you can learn more. The problem with the Internet is 95% of it is garbage. Uh, and consumers can't always know what's the 5% that's worth, that's worth it. Uh, but I'd say if you're starting a new pill, you not only need to tell your health care provider, but you should do one thing at a time for a while. You don't want to suddenly start two or three or four new things. Because if you feel better or worse, because everything can have side effects in, in a few people, even natural things, you know, you don't know what's causing it if you start several things. You've got to start one thing at a time. But I'd say when it comes to rhodiola, you could start with one pill a day. And in our book, The Rhodiola Revolution, or the book How to Use Herbs and Nutrients in Yoga and Mental Health Care, we talk about how to dose it, how to start it and build it up gradually. So, you know, because we've had so much experience with people with all kinds of different problems, not just Parkinson's. Can people get a copy of the Rhodiola Revolution from Amazon or from yes. the website? Or? Yeah, they can go to Amazon and get the Rhodiola Revolution, uh, and they can get how to use herbs, nutrients, and yoga if they want a more, a slightly more sophisticated technical discussion. That's the book to do with, uh, you know, over a thousand references uh, on many topics. Yeah. You've also mentioned cranial stimulators. Is this something that you get at your corner drugstore? <laughs> no. Uh, you have to go to certain websites. And in the U.S., the U.S. is the only country in the world that requires a doctor's prescription for it. But that's good because since they're FDA-approved medical devices, these days it's easier to get insurance reimbursement. But the doctor has to fill out a form, to, you know, uh, and also... Uh, like all the companies have a money-back trial period, which you don't get with drugs, with medicines. 
and, and I think it's important. So the two I use most often, the websites are uh, Fisher Wallace, F as in Frank, I, S as in Sam, H as in Harry, E, R, W, A, L, L, A, C, E dot com, or Alpha, A, L, P, H, A, dash, like a hyphen, Stim, S, T, I, M as in Mary dot com. So those companies are really good. They have published studies. They have a lot of experience. They have money-back trial periods. They have a, uh, they have consumer support. Uh, so, you know, I, I think they're really important uh, for people. Uh, and people, interestingly, usually people's IQ goes up after a couple months on them. Your brain's working better in a lot of ways. How much do they cost? Um, they've recently both increased their prices after many years. Uh, I think they're both running in the range of around, you know, seven hundred to eight hundred dollars with shipping. But again, if it doesn't work for you, you'll get ninety percent of your money back minus a processing fee, and usually you'll get reimbursed by insurance. Uh, AlphaStim is really helpful at helping get reimbursement from insurance. There's a letter on the Fisher-Wallace website that the doctor can submit, uh, give you to submit to the insurance company to get reimbursed by insurance on the Fisher-Wallace device. And any medical doctor could submit that information? Even dentists and, yeah, you know, a number of different kind of health care providers, not just MDs, uh, can write the prescription. Yeah. So to repeat for everyone, once again, a little slower, the addresses of those two websites are F-I-S-H-E-R-W-A-L-L-A-C-E dot com, C-O-M. And the other address is A-L-P-H-A, and then there's a dash, S T. I M dot C O M. Did I get those right? Yes. And so you can visit those, obviously see if you can talk with your doctor about getting a prescription and give cranial stimulators a trial run and see if it actually works for you. We'll be right back with Dr. Richard Brown after this short station break. I'm your host, Robert Rogers. I receive emails each and every week from individuals who have the following question. Is there anyone you know who has actually succeeded in reversing the symptoms of Parkinson's disease? Now, I got so many of those requests that I decided to actually capture the stories of individuals who reported what they did to reverse their symptoms in a book. Now, you can hear each of those stories in their full detail on the various radio shows that I have aired, and you can hear the details of exactly what they talked about. We actually transcribed those shows and converted 11 of the stories of recovery in a book titled 
pioneers of recovery. I've got short little clips from the individuals on the website, so if you get to the point where you're a bit discouraged about the prospects of reversing your symptoms, be sure to visit the Pioneers of Recovery website because what you'll see there are 11 stories of individuals who in very different ways for very different reasons found what it took to reverse their symptoms that are associated with their diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. The website is easy to remember. It's the same name as the book. So it's www.pioneersofrecovery. Those three words joined together, .com. And now, back to this exciting interview with Dr. Richard Brown. So, Dr. Brown, what also might be used in combination with some of these, for example, the cranial stimulators? One of the problems that comes up for some people with Parkinson's, there aren't good studies on this, but I'd estimate it's at least 10%, have significant trouble with their memory and cognitive functions. Uh, And uh, traditional medicine, conventional medicine, really doesn't have much for that. I mean, there's galantamine and donepezil are medicines that have been used. And uh, Nemenda, that's a brand name. Uh, Mamantine is the generic name, has also been used uh, for patients with Parkinson's, but I find they often don't do enough. Now, the cranial stimulators often will improve memory and other cognitive functions, but I find with many patients, uh, biofeedback can be very helpful. I'll give you an example. A patient that came to me in the late 90s had been a college professor, and he developed pretty serious Parkinson's. And as as he deteriorated, he went from being able to compose and recite poetry in coffee shops and do other intellectual work to hardly being able... He couldn't even really dress himself. He could not help his wife with chores. He couldn't walk the dog. He couldn't be trusted to drive the car. And uh, when he came to see me, he was in really bad shape. And, and at that time, I didn't know about cranial stimulators. And I said, you need to have a course of biofeedback. And uh, he went for biofeedback, and he became able to dress himself and do chores and recite poetry that he had composed in uh, public settings and walk the dog and be like a new guy and he went on for many years. Now, he also um, he took a number of nutrients and herbs that I gave him, and I, I not only gave him the rhodiola and sami, but I gave him an herb that grows in Peru in the Andes Mountains. It's called maca, M-A-C-A. And I'm sure from how it works in a number of conditions, including Parkinson's, among its active compounds are compounds that work on the dopamine system, And that combined with the biofeedback was really the game changer for him uh, to really have his life again. And, uh, you know, he had a really wonderful quality of life until he died of a totally unrelated problem about 10 years later. Uh, And I've used those things with many other patients with Parkinson's as well. Uh, So I think that... um, you know, there are usually the people who do biofeedback are mostly psychologists and often neuropsychologists with special training and certification in biofeedback. And there's uh, kind of an international and national society of biofeedback practitioners. 
so they're often available all over the country, certainly in large cities. Uh, the brand of maca, uh, there are several brands that are good. Uh, even in Peru, there are many worthless brands, but um, a brand I like is called Maca 750, and a number of companies carry that, including uh, medicine-plants, P-L-A-N-T-S dot com. Um, and Maca has other uses as well. I'm not talking about that. We, we get into that in, in some of our books. It can be very helpful, for example, for menopausal hot flashes and other symptoms related to that. Then there are things like, I really like my patients to do yoga or qigong or tai chi. I think it's very important to do slow, gentle, relaxed movement and keep the range of motion of your joints going. Because what happens is as the Parkinson's progresses, things contract and then the joints break down or get easily injured. Or the range of motion decreases and people weaken and then they're more prone to falling. And there are yoga therapists who know how to help patients with Parkinson's around the country. So there's an international association of yoga therapists with their own journal. And I'm, I'm also a member of that because I've, I've taught yoga for many years along with martial arts. Uh, so people can access the International Association of Yoga Therapy uh, and find out a practitioner near them or, or go to a local yoga studio and ask if there is a teacher who knows how to do yoga for someone with Parkinson's. And the other thing we haven't talked a lot about is the stress for caregivers who have a, a family member with serious Parkinson's. It can be very draining and difficult. So one thing is the rhodiola, the cranial stimulators, the yoga, the biofeedback, breathing and meditation can be really helpful for caretakers. And um, the Well Spouse Foundation is a very good resource for family members and caretakers who need to learn how to cope with the burden that they've taken on uh, with their family member. Uh, lovingly, but they have to take care of themselves because if they're no good, they're no good to the family member either. Uh, Do you happen to know the website of the Well Spouse Foundation? I think if you just Google Well, Fa well Spouse Foundation, then you'll get they'll right get there. it. Wonderful yeah. suggestion. Yeah. What are some of the issues or drawbacks to trying some of these wonderful suggestions out? Um. I'd say the biggest issue would be money. Uh, you know, because these things are not yet reimbursed by medical insurance, people have to do it out of pocket. So I, I teach and have seen patients for a year at a local indigent rural county mental health clinic where I live. And uh, it can be really heartbreaking that with some of these things, we cannot give them to our patients because they can barely afford the gas to get to the clinic. Uh, and I, I hope someday that, uh, you know, medical insurance will allow these things to be reimbursed. There are some insurances now that will reimburse for acupuncture, for example. Uh, but I think some of these other things should be also reimbursable because it makes such a huge difference to the quality of the patient and the family's lives. So consumers can advocate for that with 
with their elected representatives at different levels. And my feeling is the foundation of our own care is our self-care. It's empowering to take responsibility for your own health, like with your own exercise, with doing yoga or qigong or tai chi. And, and again, I'm a big believer in breathing and meditation, and I teach courses for that, for military, for 9-11 responders, for victims of trauma, victims of disasters, slaves who've been trafficked and brought out of slavery by nonprofits. Uh, and we have a book that we developed based on that course that we get emails from people in other countries saying this has so helped me heal from my trauma or from my medical condition. Uh, the book is called The Healing Power of the Breath, and it has a CD in back. It's easy to get on Amazon. Uh, and we have so much gratitude from people who haven't been able to come from far away to, to get training with us, but have healed themselves from a lot of things. And again, I consider breathing and meditation really crucial in Parkinson's. You must recharge your dopamine several times a day. Uh, and in terms of meditation, there are many kinds of meditation, but one of the most amazing kinds was developed by a neuropsychologist who practices in Princeton, uh, Dr. Les Femi, F-E-H-M-I, and his website is openfocus, O-P-E-N-F-O-C-U-S dot com. And he's one of the fathers of biofeedback, but he also discovered an ancient kind of meditation. He didn't know he discovered it again, but in this style of yoga I used to teach, it was considered the most amazing advanced kind of meditation. And in many traditional traditions, like certain kinds of Buddhism, it's considered a very advanced meditation. And he calls it open focus. And he has a series of CDs and two books with CDs in the back that will teach people that kind of meditation. And if you learn it, you can use it for pain. And it's wonderful for sleep. And so when patients ask me, how do I learn meditation? I say, well, you could just do breathing for a couple months, and that could be your meditation. But if you want to then learn really deep meditation, do Open Focus. Go to openfocus.com, get the CDs. You can get it on an iPod shuffle with 18 different CDs to work with. Uh, and it's amazing what it can do for people with many different problems, not just Parkinson's. You are located in New York City. Are you still taking new patients? I'm so swamped, and I'm all over the world doing research projects, particularly related to uh, post-traumatic stress disorder with disaster victims and military or veterans and their families. So uh, I, I have many patients, and I still train many doctors, uh, but I have to refer patients away at this point, and it, sometimes it's hard to get back to everybody who would like to see me or even needs a referral. Uh, but people could email us at haveahealthymind.com. The other thing is sometimes I find if I just consult to their doctor, whether it's a general practitioner or a neurologist about some of these things, their doctor can easily read about some things we published in medical journals or in our textbooks or books for the lay public to help the patient and the family do these things. But I find we've written a lot of things so clearly in our books, a lot of folks do really well on their own just doing the books. 
<laughs> and following their directions. And what is your email address exactly? Haveahealthymind.com. So that's the website itself, and then from there they'll be able to see how they can connect in with you directly. Yeah, there's a place that says uh, click click on this to contact us, and yeah, they put in their information. It's always good if people include their phone number because uh, I'm, I'm deluged by emails, particularly for academic and research work. And I also like to hear people's voices anyway. <laughs> That's delightful. <laughs> I'm old-fashioned that way. <laughs> in, a, in a very wonderful and refreshing way, I might add. <laughs> You've made so many incredibly useful and helpful suggestions that will help so many, many thousands of individuals. Is there one thing that you want people to remember about this discussion today? The quality of your energy determines the quality of your life. The quality of your energy also determines the quality of your attention. And that's really crucial to whatever you do. And the quality of your energy determines the quality of your heart. And that determines your relationships. And you know, at the end of our life, it's our relationships with close family and loved ones and friends that's the most important. All the other stuff, it's kind of window dressing. And so the energy and really being present with your attention every moment really enables you to make the connection to people and to your life and do the best that you can do with what your resources are at any moment. Dr. Richard Brown, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to tell everyone in our listening audience what they can do to provide relief from the symptoms that they currently experience. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. My goal for each and every radio show that I air is to make sure that there is at least one solid suggestion that people can run with that will help them get relief from whatever symptoms they might currently be experiencing. Clearly, I have delivered on that promise many times over today. Please continue to listen to all of our radio shows and spread the word to others who are looking to identify options that can help them reverse whatever symptoms they might be currently experiencing. There are really only two words you have to remember to spread the word. The first word is Parkinson's. The second word is recovery. Combined together, Parkinson's Recovery has many, many free available resources to individuals across the world. Visit our main portal website, which is www.parkinsonsrecovery.com. You'll be able to link to all of the other supporting resources that we provide to individuals who are looking for ways to reverse whatever symptoms they might be currently experiencing. If you'd like to be able to contact me directly, that's always possible, and you'll always find that I respond to whatever correspondence I receive. That email is robert, R-O-B-E-R-T, at parkinsonsrecovery.com, or connect with me through our toll-free long-distance number, 877 
And that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, which are truly beautiful on this summer day, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. No, that by virtue of the fact you have taken the time out today to listen to this remarkable radio show, that you indeed are on the road to recovery. May you have a magnificent week. This is Robert Rogers, your host from Parkinson's Recovery. Good day.